Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 93 of Screwball, and we are moving on to part four of our all-time list series. This is the first episode in the National League portion of the uh, list we'll be doing, so we're going to start as we did with the American League and start in the NL East. We are also going to continue the same way we've been doing the lists in the last three episodes, where we start... Uh, kind of go around the horn and do start from the catching position and do every position one by one, as well as a full pitching staff, some relievers, and then some honorable mentions. So let's just get it going here with uh, the first team in the NL East we're going to do is the Atlanta Braves. Um, so to start off the Atlanta Braves, uh, we're going to go again from the catching position, best player to ever play that position for the Braves, uh, and then just keep going position by position. By position. Uh, so to start at catching position, I have Joe Torre as the all-time catcher for the Braves. First base, I have Freddie Freeman. Second base, Marcus Giles. Third base, Chipper Jones. Shortstop, Johnny Logan. Uh, and then the three outfield positions uh, in no specific uh, positioning is Hank Aaron, Andrew Jones, and Dale Murphy. And even though uh, there's no DH right as of speaking, there's no DH in the National League. There probably will be soon. Yeah. Um, so we did add a DH uh, position just to... You know, just be able to get an extra hitter or extra player in there. Yeah, and keep a uniform with yeah. the American League. Right. So, uh, so as for the DH position, I put Eddie Matthews. And then for the starting pitching staff, probably one of the better ones you'll see, I have Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Warren Spawn, and Phil Necro. Uh, and then for my two relievers, I have Craig Kimbrell and Mike Remlinger. Uh, and then some honorable mentions I have are David Justice, Eric O'Flaherty, Herman Long, Rabbit Marinville, and Fred McGriff. So that's uh, how the Braves list for me is shaking out. Um, you know, one of the more successful franchises, especially in the last 25, 30 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of more familiar names on there. And, uh, uh, you know, again, one of the better franchises. So there's going to be some big names. So. Sure, sure. And, uh, and my list is very similar to yours, as you can imagine. A lot of our lists are kind of this way um, when you have a lot of legends. Um, but, you know, start with catching Joe Torre, first base Freddie Freeman. Second base, uh, Mark Lemke. Third base, Eddie Matthews. Uh, shortstop, Johnny Logan. Outfield, Hank Aaron. Andrew Jones. The Hopefully, will be Hall of Fame Andrew Jones. Mm-hmm. At some point, uh, Dale Murphy. Uh, DH, I put Chipper Jones. You know, you had Eddie Matthews. I had Chipper Jones. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, starting pitching, Warren Spahn. Phil Necro. And then, obviously, the 90s pitching staff, Derek Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. Relief pitcher, Craig Kimbrell and Mike Remlinger. Um, honorable mentions to Crime Dog, Fred McGriff. Of course, you could put him on a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. I think we had him on Tampa Bay. You can mention him with Toronto. You can mention him with the Braves. You can even mention him later on. We might even mention him with what, the Padres. Yeah, I think but so. The Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, he was everywhere, and he was good everywhere he went. Uh, Rabbit Marinville, David Justice. David Justice, something really good. No one really thinks about David Justice, right? He played pretty, pretty good with the A's and the Braves and the Yankees even, so yeah. he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herman Long, Vic Willis, and Rick Camp. Okay. Some other guys uh, to mention. 
but yeah, the Braves have a, a have a deep history. Kind of when they're good, they have a lot of really good guys kind of everywhere. <clears throat> Still to this day, you know, outfield's strong and the infield's strong. You know, your pitching's good. When they're good, they're kind of good everywhere. And then they have a couple of years where they're bad and they struggle a little bit, but then they kind of get everything at once again. Right. That's kind of how it goes. That's why you kind of see generational kind of gaps with some of these guys, some real old guys, and it's, you know, Eddie Matthews period and Hank Aaron and then, you know, the 90s and then Freddie Freeman. So it's kind of like a big chunks. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of how you, I guess it's kind of how you expect a franchise to kind of go. Right. I mean, uh, ups and downs. Yeah. It's like I said to you before we recorded, it's like, you know, the second base position is kind of open for them as far as a franchise. And, that's, you know, right for the taking with Ozzie Albies, with the kind of the team that they have around right now with Acuna, him, Freddie Freeman, you know, Dansby Swanson could even, you could see him staying there for a while and being their franchise shortstop. So, sure. um, I think third base is locked up. Well, yeah. I know Austin Riley, you know, gave her, gave her hell this year, but with Tripper Jones mm-hmm. and Eddie Matthews battling that out at third base, I mean, you're going to put together one of the greatest careers to, to, I think, match those two guys. Yeah, and Tripper Jones had one of the greater careers you'll ever see, and he was a switch hitter. So, I mean, and you know. st- he's still around baseball in the Braves. Mm-hmm. Then you got Eddie Matthews. One great stat with him is he's uh, he played with the Braves in all three cities. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Boston, Milwaukee, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that's quite hard to do. Yeah, he was he was around for a little while and around at the perfect time. You know, and another guy doesn't really people don't really remember. He said Eddie Matthews is like I don't even really know who he is. Well, he only hit you know mashed the ball for a while and played great defense at third base. I think he had five hundred plus home runs. So. Yeah. 509 or something like that, right? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> um, uh, that's what happens, I guess. You get mixed in. I think he played with Hank Aaron a little bit, too, so that's a good... Probably. He played in all three cities, so it's a good way to kind of get lost, right? Yeah, well, he had a long career, so did Hank Aaron, so it makes sense that they cross paths at some point, I would think. Yeah. You know? But yeah, the Braves, I mean, you know, great offense, and obviously the pitching is ridiculous. It's one yeah. of the best... Probably could be up there with the best pitching staff that you'll see on any of these lists. My big thing with their pitching staff is they're all different. Mm. It's the most unique pitching staff. Oh, yeah. Orange Span is your older, you know, at the time, power pitcher, right? Mm. Never never coming out, pitching a lot of innings. That's just kind of how it is. And you have Phil Necro, threw forever, knuckleball, Mm. junk guy, crazy, right? Maddox, pinpoint. Mm. Smoltz, at the time, was power, Mm -hmm. right? And good accuracy. And then Glavin was like 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 a utility man. Kind of did a little bit of everything. So their pitching staff, if you had to roll that out each day, you're never getting the same, the same, you know, the same kind of look. No. As some of these other teams, you kind of, you kind of felt like you had a, a similar look for at least a couple of the guys. Right. You know. Right. Um, right. This one's like it's all it's. I mean, you have a knuckleballer mixed in there, and then you got an old school guy, and you know, mm. it seems like you're getting like a unique look every day if you had to actually face them. Yeah, imagine that trying to deal with that pitching staff. You just yeah, have no days you're five off. Guys, Glavin. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they can make it work. Yeah, we got to win this one. We're going against their worst guy. It's Tom Glavin. Yeah, oh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we'll take him down. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the second team. Here we have is the Miami Marlins slash Florida Marlins. Yeah. And this is a list that has, I would say, obviously more recent people because they didn't they didn't come in until the '90s, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think um, everyone on or pretty much everyone on this list we've watched. Yeah, I I pretty much remember. It was the tail end of their careers or something. We watched them on the field, which Mm -hmm. is uh, pretty cool to kind of see. Right. Yeah, I pretty much remember all these guys, I think. But so, again, starting from the catching position, the all-time catcher I have for the Marlins is JT Romuto, very current player. (laughs) Uh, First base, Jeff Conine. Second base, Luis Castillo. Third base, Mike Lowell. Uh, Shortstop, Hanley Ramirez. Outfield, uh, in no particular positioning, is Giancarlo slash Mike Stanton. 
uh, Marcelo Zuna and Gary Sheffield, and then at DH because they just have an abundance of outfielders. I have Cliff Floyd. And as far as their starting pitching staff, I have Josh Johnson, Dontrell Willis, Jose Fernandez, Josh Beckett, and Kevin Brown. Then as far as the relievers, I have Rob Nen and Steve Ciszek. Uh, some honorable mentions again because they just have a, an abundance of outfielders: Christian Yelich and Juan Pierre, uh, Ricky Nolasco, and uh, Edgar Renteria. And Antonio Alfonseca, <laughs> I forget how to say his name, but uh, yeah, those are my five uh, kind of bench guys. So Marlins, um, I'll let you get into your list, but kind of obviously, like I said, more recent guys, you know, they won the World Series 97 and 03. So you're going to find some guys from there and then it looks like they're going to have some some success coming soon. So, you know, you might even see some of these names get switched around for some future stars yeah. you know, that are coming up. So. Yeah, this is a it's a good young franchise, right? They got two World Series wins in their in their postseason. They're really dominance when they're in the postseason. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of recent names. Uh, and the Florida Marlins were better. The colors, the pinstripe, the Florida Marlins logo was really cool. It's the actual Marlins, so I think that was really cool compared to the Miami. But the stadium in Miami, even even at its worst looking, is way was way better than playing at the Dolphins. You know, the Florida Stadium. That's just how it is. Yeah. This list is very similar. Uh, catcher Real Muto. First base, Derek Lee. Gotta love mm-hmm. Derek Lee. Uh, he was a guy I really liked watching him play with the Cubs. When the Cubs had a couple of years there, Ramos Ramirez and the fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Castillo. This is pre-Mets. Sure. He was really good with the Marlins. Not bad with the Mets, but obviously mm-hmm. dropped a fly ball and had some other incidents there. Uh, third base, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, I know his stint there was not, sh- not, not long, but you know those couple of years were... Pretty dominant, right? Right, yeah. Uh, shortstop Hanley Ramirez. This is when he was 5-2 to a player. Mm-hmm. Outfield Juan Pierre. I, I think it's a really, he should be a guy that really gets a little look at for a Hall of Fame. No one really credits either over 2,000 hits, or, you know, a bunch of stolen bases, a bunch of hits. He was a great player. Uh, kind of seemed to always be on a team that was winning. You know, he's kind of wanted, wanted him, right? Right, yeah. So I always liked Juan Pierre. Outfield Stanton, outfield Cliff Floyd, Mike Lowell, the eight spot, pitching Josh Johnson. He was really good there. Dontrell Willis, those couple of years were incredible. Uh, Jose Fernandez, obviously could have easily been at the top of this list if he had, uh, you know, been able to, you know, tally up some more some more games there. Anibal Sanchez was there for a while. Josh Beckett, obviously you might remember most of these guys for their careers, maybe on a different franchise, but this is where they got their start, and this is where they got maybe four or five years of their careers in. Yeah, true. <clears throat> Relief pitcher Rob Nan and Steve Ciszek. Uh on the bench, Dan Ugla. That guy had some forearms out the wazoo. I'm sure. And he mashed the ball. I believe I had him as rookie or for second year in fantasy. And he's I think, yeah. Went nuts like 40 home runs. It was crazy. Uh, Edgar Renteria, one of the best postseason players. Oh, yeah. I he mean. Went th- uh, three World Series, and he was the MVP on all three teams or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Marlins Giants, I think it was the Cardinal or Boston <clears throat> or something, right? He was something. He had a game-winning hit on all three teams. Mm-hmm. Some, some stat, he was the only guy. Yep. Uh, Gary Sheffield, it's a great one of the best batting stances of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Conine, A.J. Burnett, no hitter on a million pitches and blowing the back window out of the truck, right? <laughs> yep. uh, and A.J. Ramos, more recent guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of these guys, like I said, you watched, you know, you watched their career at some point, for us at least. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's – I forget, we, we even talked about this, too, when they became a franchise. Um, I always think of 97 as they're, like, kind of their coming out because of that Garantaria hit and winning the World Series and, you know, all that stuff. So I always think of 97, but obviously they were there before that. Um, and I think a big moment for the Marlins, you know, even though this was after 97 and already winning and all that, 
was uh, it almost seemed like when uh, Clements whipped that ball over Miggy's head, and Miggy never really stepped out of the box, and they had like a showdown. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a weird kind of story to get the Yankees, right? You know, the most powerful franchise in, in baseball, right? And possibly in all sports, mm-hmm. going against some wimpy team that just kind of got here. Mm-hmm. But they were able to stand toe-to-toe with them. Right, right. right. They kind of set the franchise, even though that was kind of everyone once, but it was able to set the franchise kind of like, hey, you know, we're here too. We're yeah. new, you know. I thought that was always a telling moment for just the whole franchise. It yeah. just kind of stood toe-to-toe with an older superstar in a franchise that goes back 30 million years versus a franchise that's been here for three years and, you know. <laughs> they don't have much to, yeah, yeah, they don't have much behind their, uh, you know, behind their franchise. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. But moving on to uh, another one of the, I guess at this point, older franchises, the Mets. So to start again, same way we start the other Teams, we'll start the catcher position with the all-time catcher being Mike Piazza. At first base, Keith Hernandez. Second base, Daniel Murphy. Third base, David Wright. Shortstop, Jose Reyes. Uh, three outfield positions is Daryl Strawberry, Carlos Beltran, and Mookie Wilson. Uh, DH, Edgardo Alfonso. Uh, and then the starting pitching staff I have is Tom Seaver, uh, Doc Gooden, Jerry Kuzman, Jacob deGrom, and Ron Darling. And the two relievers I picked were John Franco and Jesse Orozco. And then as far as the honorable mentions, uh, Tug McGraw, Lenny Dykstra, uh, Howard Johnson, John Stearns, and John Matlack. So, uh, you know, a franchise, the Mets, who started off, uh, you know, famously bad and then, you know, really kind of fell into their own and have been part of some of baseball's biggest moments, especially in the 86 playoffs and World Series. Um, Miracle <clears throat> Yeah, they had some. They also had some good years in the 2000s and into the 2010s where they went to the World Series. So they've had a mixed bag of a, of a franchise, especially you know on the they've had their highs and their lows. Uh, but they've always seemed to to get talent, you know, and <laughs> and you know at different positions. And uh, the Mets are always in the headlines. Oh yeah, exactly how New York wants their teams in the headlines, yep. and, good or bad. They're in the headlines. Yeah, they're there. You never forget about them. No, you know, you're never gonna forget about the Mets. So. Uh, my list is very similar. You know, you got Mike uh, Piazza, a catcher, Keith Hernandez at first. Keith Hernandez the other day, I believe he's getting his number retired by the Mets recently mm-hmm. announced. And uh, apparently he leaked something about some sort of old-timers day coming to the Mets this year. Okay. So that'd be something to watch, right? That'd be cool. If we can get the other game, you know, that's you get the game of baseball together, right? Sure, sure. Uh, second base, Edgardo Alfonso. Third base, there, right. Uh, Mr. Met, right? Some people called them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Reyes, a shortstop. Outfield, Daryl Strawberry. Carlos Beltran. I got Cleon Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, DH, Rusty Staub. Uh, just seemed like a spark plug there for them. Sure. Uh, pitching, Tom Seaver. Doc Gooden. Jerry Kuzman. David Cohn and DeGrom. Some of the better pitching. I believe pitcher John Franco and Jesse Orozco. Uh, on the bench, honorable mention, whatever you want to kind of call it. You got Mookie Wilson. Obviously, his importance to the team. Uh, Lee Mazzilli. Kevin McReynolds. Gary Carter, another spark plug. Mm-hmm. Him and Rusty Staub seem like you know spark plugs for that franchise throughout the years. Uh, Ari Dickey, mm-hmm. very memorable Met, right? Knuckleball and winning Cy Youngs and crazy stuff like that. Um, and Tug McGraw, some some guys I would put on the the bench or you know extra pitchers, whatever you want to kind of call them. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, you got a you got a quite the mix there. Obviously, a lot of these guys were in the in the eighties. Jesse Roscoe and 
uh, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Dykstra. <laughs> you know, they had quite the team back then. Yeah, they, um, had, quite, yeah, <clears throat> they had quite the yeah, the ruckus on the field as well, <laughs> on the dugout and yeah, oh, yeah. In the locker room and behind the outfield fence and wherever else they could get problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, yeah they had David Cone even right. He was a guy out out the, out the nightlife too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, even Keith Hernandez, who is about you know you unassuming of a guy as you'd think we had his you know his share of uh yeah, party and cigarettes and stuff in the dugout right yeah so you know they um they had some Bobby wild years oh my Come god back yeah. With the mustache. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. this franchise is just it's it's that's got it's and then you have someone like tom Seaver, who just seems like you know they're one of the greatest pitchers of all time just seems almost forgotten in history because it's just tom Seaver. he's never said a word right yeah, that's he stretched, he stretched really far, and his dirt, his knee hit the ground. That's like people all remember him as that, but he was one of the greatest pitchers. You never right. hear people talk about Tom Seaver. Mm. Yeah, you just Tom never terrific, hear it, right? Yeah. It's just like hey, he's there, he's good, he's just you know, he's always going to be there. But we'll talk about everyone else. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's then you get uh, the nuts, strawberry and good and and Dykstra. And, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just that's just that's just where you yeah. know, Ruckus and Zeus, those '80s teams were just. I mean, documentary, you know. That's, yeah. Yeah, if you guys can check that out, that 30 for 30 is just uh, it'll just, like, spin you your head. Mickey Mantle in the middle of that. <laughs> just, you would have had the, 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 perfect, the perfect ruckus. And then, like, mm-hmm. Yogi is their coach. Oh, my God. Just, oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how Davey Johnson did it. <laughs> I, I think he just never showed up. He was just like, it's a lineup. Go play. Yeah, good luck. And I'm, I'm out of here. I don't <laughs> even, do not care what happens. Just show up to the dugout by one. The game's at one. Show up, be in the dugout by one. Yeah. After that, I'm out of here. Yeah, you guys. You, so I don't you, care. Just show up each day. Yep. I don't care if you're hammered or you got people with you or what you're doing. As long yeah. as you're showing up and we're winning, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they were they were quite the team, I gotta say. So um, they've had a, quite the mix of, of teams over the past few years. So you can see that reflected in the list. <laughs> um, but moving on to their their rivals, the Philadelphia Phillies. Another franchise has gone back quite a bit and has had their mixed success of, of you know of winning and and uh, and controversies. So uh, starting again at the catcher position, I have as the starting pitcher, uh, starting catcher Carlos Ruiz. At first base, I have Ryan Howard. Second base, Chase Utley. Third base, Mike Schmidt. Shortstop, Jimmy Rollins. And outfield positions, uh, Richie Ashburn, Bobby Breu, and dead, uh, dead. <laughs> Bobby Abreu and the third guy being Ed Delahante. Uh, and then at DH, Dick Allen. And then my starting pitching staff consists of Steve Carlton, Robin Roberts, Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, and Cliff Lee. Then the relievers I have are Brad Lidge and Ron Reed. And some honorable mentions I have are Larry Boa, Pete Alexander, Joe Horner, and Scott Rowland. So um, a team that I kind of didn't really think had a lot of depth or there was even some really, really old, I think uh, Ed Delahante is from the late 1800s. I think, you know, I mean like, you know, but then you have guys like Ryan Howard, Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins where they had their more recent success in the, you know, mid to late 2000s. So I got a quite the mix here of of people. Um, The Phillies, I think they have what two world series at this point. They had one in in 1980 or something in 08 Um, was their other. I think they have two correct. Yeah. I I know they, they went long, period of time without winning sure. yeah so i mean you could see that reflected in in, in the list here so put off the a's they were at one point right so. yes i mean it's like you know it, a lot of time in between you know the, <laughs> the success so yeah uh yeah so uh again you know our lists are always very similar um for me catcher darren dalton first base dick allen second base utley third base mike schmidt 
Shortstop Jimmy Rollins, outfield Richie Ashburn and Bobby Abreu, and the other outfielder Sherry McGee, DH Ryan Howard, of course, on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. Uh, pitching Steve Carlton, another feel like forgotten, right? You never really hear anyone talk about Steve Carlton. Totally, yeah. If you do, you talk about Tom Seaver together, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next start pitcher Pete Alexander, Robin Roberts, Cole Hamels, and Kurt Schilling. Uh, relief pitchers Tug McGraw and Turk Farrell. Some bench guys, Scott Rowland, another Hall of Fame guy. I think he'll be in, you know, a year, maybe two years. Maybe he'll be in the Hall of Fame now. Probably. Next years. Yeah. The good old Lenny Dykstra. Oh, my God. He's just a maniac. <laughs> uh, Cy Williams, Ed Delhenny, mm. Del Hante, Jim Bunning, and Ron Reed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, they've had more recent success, and they had some success in the, I believe, late 70s, early 80s area. Yeah. I think it was nice. Schmidt, the pinstripes, and yeah. blue Philly jerseys, and... Yeah, the you know Old, more uh, what, veterans field, right? Was it veterans yep, field? I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah. They came wasn't quite a very nice place, and then they got the Citizens Bank, which is a very nice stadium, mm-hmm. uh, right in the same place. Yep. Uh, but Philly, you know how Philly is. You know they have their long periods. Of, even all the sports teams, they have their long periods of just not successful. Mm-hmm. But when they're good, it's just there's a there's a rumble and a yelling coming out of those Philly fans that are just it's just. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like Yankees and or you know, New York and Boston fans mixed together mm-hmm. when Philly's good. Yeah, right, right, right. Or something bad's going on, right? There's mm-hmm. a mix of whatever not great things are happening. It's just your Philly fans. Yeah. Yeah, they love their teams, man. Yeah. I, you know, they I can't they'll, 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 they'll talk as much shit about their team as anybody. But if you come in and say something about it, like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't like that. No, no, no. But yeah, you're right. They will rip their own team, you know. Oh, yeah, rip them to shreds. Mm-hmm. They put Santa Claus, you know? That's, that's what they do, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. They're one, yeah, they're one of the more interesting fan bases, so <laughs> that's for damn sure. But they're stick together. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Push comes to shove, and it's like, say, someone else comes in and starts talking about, well, who's this guy? Yeah. Slap him around a little bit, <laughs> you know? But... Yeah, no, they, yeah, they love, the, that shows they love their team, you know? It's like, it's like you said, like New York and Boston, you know, they love their team, so, you know, what the hell? Yeah. But moving on to the final team, final, I guess, franchise, because it's the Nationals, uh, but it's also, you know, Nationals Expos. Uh, yeah, thrown in there, so senators. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it goes all the way wherever you want it to go. It goes. Right? Yeah, so there's, there's again, you know, like with the other list, there's some very, very recent names, and some very, uh, you know, familiar names, very closely, you know, you know, close names to the '90s and '80s and stuff. So, uh, starting again at the catch position, the all-time catcher I have for the Nationals is Gary Carter. Uh, well, Nationals Expos because he wasn't on the Nationals. No. Um, uh, first base, I have Ryan Zimmerman. Second base, Jose Vitro. Uh, third base, Tim Wallach. Shortstop, Trey Turner. Three outfield positions I have are Andre Dawson, Tim Raines, and Bryce Harper. And at DH, I have Anthony Rendon. Uh, the starting pitching rotation I have is Max Scherzer, Dennis Martinez, Steven Strasburg, Steve Rogers, and Gio Gonzalez. Then for the two relievers, I have Jeff Reardon and Tim Burke. Uh, then for some honorable mentions, I have uh, Sean Doolittle. Rusty Staub, uh, Rondell White, Ian Desmond, and Marquise Grissom. Uh, so again, some very, very familiar names, especially if you've been watching baseball the last 25, 30 years. So sure. there's definitely, definitely some names there you watched. You sure, know, sure. And are yeah. still active, a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and if we kept it to just the Nationals list, you'd have even more uh, Ray-like names, you know, where the Rays had some some names, you know. If we just kept it strictly Nationals, you're talking, I mean, Mike Lieberthal and Seriano <laughs> and Don, right? And, yeah, sure. And Nick Johnson and uh, oh God. and 
uh, you know, Ronnie Belisario or whoever you want to get out there. If we just kept it to the Nationals, but you couldn't do that. So right, right. <laughs> but yeah, right. This is, is somewhat similar here. Uh, Gary Carter, of course, a catcher. <clears throat> First base, Andres Galarraga. He was just a massive human. Uh, second base, Jose Vidro. Third base, Ryan Zimmerman. Shortstop, Orlando Cabrera. Outfield, Tim Raines. Andre Dawson, and big bad mad Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great, too. You always see the videos of him on the Astro turf, young, and just whipping that ball in, third base, drawing people out. Just, yeah, he was remarkable. Oh, yeah. D.H. Larry Walker, recent, you know, recent Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitching-wise, Max Scherzer, Dennis Martinez, Strasburg, Steve Rogers. I think that's pretty much exactly the same as Mike. Mm-hmm. And the last one, I got Jordan Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. I don't think you see him much on many lists, but he had a really good career with the Nationals and do a no-hitter. I mean, I think... You know, his impact on the Nationals or the revival of the Nationals, I think, is, is important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, relief pitcher Jeff Reardon and Mel Rojas. And some honorable mentions, Bryce Harper, Rendon, Trey Turner, Rondell White, Pedro Martinez, and Tyler Clifford. Yeah, some good names there. Um, again, you know, very familiar names. <laughs> you know, they really built up uh, quite the team to be able to take that uh, that title uh, yeah. coming up on three years ago now in 2019. How we can um, drinking those guys with that team, yeah. Yeah, um, Rendon and Strasburg came up big. And you could probably and... sneak Soto on at this point if you really want to, but, you know, I'd try being, you know, you got to also understand that, you know, just because he's really good right now or his expectation, projection is good, you got to still give the guys credit who did it already. Yeah, right, right. The well, stats are there, you know. He's, yeah, he'll definitely find his way on the list. Sure, um, sure. And yeah. he's fantastic player he's only what 22 23 i mean he's yeah, like he's been around yeah. for four years or something right? <laughs> i know so he's he's fantastic if he signs a long-term deal because there were there were talks before the lockout of him signing a big deal with them or okay. possibly if they don't do that they trade him um but if he's a franchise guy he's a franchise guy like yeah. he's legitimately one of your better hitters ever <laughs> and I, I think with him i think is a, is a crazy stat with him i believe he um because his first game he played was was a ended up being a suspended game Right. I believe his first career game was a suspended game. So I believe his and then they finished the game like in, in like July or August. Mm-hmm. But I think he ended up hitting his so the next game he played, I think he ended up playing and hitting a home run or, or, or something. But I think he got his first career hit or his first career home run or something it was before his official first game. Yeah, it's because funny. technically he started the game in, you know, May or April. Mm-hmm. It was May. And they got rained out, suspended, so it didn't come back until June, July, August. But then his next—that was the next day they played, and he got a hit or whatever. So his first career, his, his first career hit came before his first career game played or, or right. something. It was something crazy like that, which was I always remember was Juan Soto because I'm like, that's that's just nuts. That's funny. Um, that's so weird. Yeah, it was very weird, but it, it is pretty. It's pretty crazy there. Well, his first hit came before his something. I, it was it was something weird, but mm. it, it was something. Re- re- Along those lines, I always remember that with him. But the Nationals, they have a, you know a good, a good base of, of, of talent throughout the years. Sure. Especially the Expos. I mean, no. strike shortened Expos team might have won the World Series. Yeah. They might have some of the best talent you're ever going to see. Yeah. Right out of the '90s teams. I mean, I mean that, that talent on that team really could compete with what the Yankees had in the late '90s. I mean, mm. I, look at it. I mean, there are some almost a Hall of Famer at a lot of positions. Yeah. 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 They they were a lot of people projected them to, to really that was their year yeah. you know and you got guys even Javier Vasquez not mentioned right mm-hmm. really good players yeah there was some really good play, teams and great great uniforms just not a great stadium and the turf Astro turf really didn't like you know really 
bode well for the players. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they had attendance issues, but I think if the team ever went back there, they wouldn't have attendance issues as long as they get to the stadium. Right, know? right. So we'll you know kind of hope for that. But great uniforms too. But overall, the NL East is, is a pretty strong um, division. Again, it, it kind of breaks down how you expect. You have two really old franchises, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? Braves and Phillies, really old. You have the Mets, who are pretty old. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> you have the Marlins, who are brand new, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then you have the Nationals slash Expos, and I think the Senators technically goes to the Twins, but they kind of get some of the Senators. Stuff. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're they're relatively, you know, they're not that old, but they're not that new either. So they kind of have the, the perfect breakdown. Right. And they have great rivalries, right? Some divisions really don't have oh, it. Yeah. You feel like the AL West doesn't have too too much, right? You know, Mariners. Like, there's rivalries, but it's not like... No, it's not like Something this. to really think about. The NL East really does. You know, the, the Mets and, and the Phillies, you know, they really don't like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Braves. Um, Braves and Phillies, you know, it's just... Braves, Braves and, and Mets. Mets. You know, yeah. it's just they, they have that, that rivalry that you really want. So, uh, it's a good division. It's really deep. It's got a lot of good talent. Some, some really good pitching. Yeah. And overall, it's a pretty good episode. There's a lot of legends we talked about, really. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like we said... In the beginning, we started with the Braves. It's like, you know, talk about a, a hell of a team, especially in those 90s years. I mean, they only, I believe they only got one ring from those 90s teams, but it felt like they were there. They were there in 95, 96. It was them. Or the 98. Yankees, yeah, it was like, you know. The same, all right, well, it's going to be these, one of these teams, right? Yeah. Th- that's yeah. kind of how it was, right? Yeah, I think they faced well, off two of the. snuck in there one year, but the most part of it was the Yankees and Braves, and we're going to move on with our lives, right? Yeah, and then the one year the Marlins snuck in. So, you know, yeah. this division had it kind of going on, you know. Yeah. So, well, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much it regarding our roster. You know, last little bit here is the trivia question. Mm. Um, I think this is a pretty good one, too, especially we talked about some really good players in this team, right? In these franchise, yeah. uh, with these franchises. So, there's actually only one franchise, current, current NL East franchise, that has a, a 500 or better win percentage in their franchise, you know, wins losses. Mm-hmm. Only one. Which franchise is it? You got a 20% shot if you just take a shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, the answer is the Braves. They have a 501 win percentage as a franchise. They are, I don't have their ties here. I didn't bring that up. I just have their wins losses. Uh, they are 10,820 and 10,757. Again, he was out to a 501 win percentage. And they have some ties too. I'm sure there's probably like 100 ties because you know, old, old school baseball. Yeah, yeah. But the second team in that division is the Nationals. They're second with the highest win percentage. It's but a 487 win percentage, uh, 4,068 wins, 4,280 losses. So that's your, uh, that's your breakdown at NL East. Um, I believe there's only like 13 teams or 14 teams to ever in franchise, MLB, current franchise, that have a 500 or better win percentage. So, you know, more than a little more than half the league don't have it. Yeah. And yeah. you have one team right at it. I think there's another team that was like not far from being, you know, under 500. So it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, when yeah. you're a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's just right. Yeah, you have great years, and it, not every team has the, you know, the the Yankees, Cardinals, Dodgers success back in the day. You know, it, it, not every team had that. You know, a lot of teams scuffled a lot of years and tried to figure teams out and and get titles as they could. You know, so, but yeah, that, that number makes sense because you know there's, you know, Red Sox and Yankees. Obvi- well, obviously, those two are, are the big ones. Red Sox have more recent uh, winning, and when they first were kind of, you know, brought in. Um, Cardinals, I think, are second in World Series to the to the Yankees, so they make sense. Dodgers were there all the time, 
you know, Giants go back a ways. The Oakland A's go back a ways. So there's a lot of franchises out there that, that have a lot of winning, and the Braves kind of find their way in there. Partly, I would guess, in part to these last 30 years that they've had. They've pretty much only had a few lean years, and that was when they kind of rebuilt for this team that they've got now. Yeah. So, you know, uh, pretty good on their part that they, they're they still there and still, uh, you know, a big force in that division. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and those numbers always change. The franchise wins and loss and win percentage and the ties and stuff. Cause, mm. You know, older games and older weeks, years and years and years, a million years ago, 1800s, you know, things could change, right? Stats could change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you want to, you know, these numbers can change too from where you go, where you get your information. So, mm-hmm. um, how updated it is. Right. You know, that's that's always a big thing too, especially right now with the lockout. Some info might not be fully updated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to get the perfect exact answer, but you have a pretty good answer. Yeah, you pretty much are in the ballpark, so you know. Like the RBI stats, you know, technically, you know, some guys might have some more like Babe Ruth, but mm-hmm. certain places you go, they're right to the book. How mm-hmm. gets it? Some people are a little lenient, so... <clears throat> but it's, it gives you an idea, kind of, uh, how tough it is for longevity when you're over 100 years old. Right. Right? To be mm-hmm. over 500. That's pretty remarkable to be over 500 over a 100-year franchise. Mm-hmm. Right? So Agreed. Um, it's very tough um, to do, especially now nowadays with more teams as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, but some other side notes, too, to, to note. Uh, you're not going to get into too much of it, but they, they lock out their, their meeting, right? Negotiations a bit. They sent the proposal over. It was rejected, but... Sending a proposal is a good start, right? Gives you an idea of, hey, yeah, right. We remember we're supposed to sign this so we can get going. So that's good news. You know, Hall of Fame coming up announcement, right? So that's pretty good news. Hmm. So there are some relatively good things coming from baseball. Um, and like I said, the proposal being sent is a good step. Yeah. Now you can know, okay, none of that was good, right? This is what we want. None of it's good. Let's, let's, now it's next step. Yeah, and they send one over. Out. Not very good, right? And then you eventually work, get towards the middle. But yeah. you got to send something to get there. Right, because it seemed for a while it was kind of like, well, what what's going on? Why it was are you guys first? Yeah, but like we're talking, our big thing was what, early to mid January. Mm. We're at mid January. Mm. Pitchers and catchers are about a month away, a touch less than a month, right? Give yeah. or take about thirty days. Mm. You kind of need an answer. Yeah, you got to figure something out because you, you know you get an answer right before pitchers and catchers people start coming in. You're still big free agents that got to sign. It's just a big rush mm. to get things done. So they got to make an answer. They got to make a you know a thing here soon, and I think they will. Yeah, I think we're in a right, we're in a good spot. I think. Yeah. Relatively, we're in a good spot. I know it seems bleak at times, and super stupid stuff comes out, but overall, they know. They know what needs to be done. Yeah, you would think that they know the ultimate goal is to yeah. have a normal season, kind of for the most part. You know. Yeah, it may, things may be rushed. Maybe spring training's a little pressed. Maybe free agent signings start happening like a whirlwind, like they did prior. And I'm, I'm but, sure too. Let's just be right honest with it. I'm sure there's teams have been in contact with some of the players. Yeah, probably. Or someone, maybe not technically in the organization, but mm. for the organization, you know, talk to the players or talk to his agent, you know. Or yeah, they just His wife goes talks to this guy's wife to talk about negotiating for that player. So when it's easy, the season comes back, they already know who's signing where. Right, right, I'm right. I'm sure there's crazy stuff yeah, like there's... that going on, right? Mm. It's just how it goes. I'm sure there's crazy things going on. But uh, yeah, I'm these sure. These teams are talking to each other about what they want to do. You see reports coming out. Minor league signings going. So they have... they. they they have a plan for when this goes back. They know what they're doing. Mm. So that's not a big issue. And also, who would deal out the $300 million and all this money to Seager and all these guys who did get signed if you didn't think you were going to bring revenue back the next year? Yeah, right, right. You would right. think free agent would have been dead if they were expecting many teams 
Yeah, that right? would that, that make sense? That would be a bad sign, yeah. Why am I going to sign I'll give you all this money? I don't know if I'm bringing money in next year. You know, they're like, here's my money. I, we have pretty, pretty good confidence that we're going to bring some money in next year. Yeah. Well, it's it, it also seems as though, like, they, they just haven't been negotiations. So, like, at the point where they actually do start sitting down and talking, then... Then things get worked out. Once you start sitting down and, and talking to each other, you'll find a middle ground. They'd like to play hardball with each other. You well, know, you don't want to blink first. And, and also, I think it's the rocky road to get here. We didn't really, as the players, is what there's. You know, if you're if you're a player association, we didn't like the way you did things. Mm. So we're gonna just we're not talking to you. We're gonna right. push this out because we don't like the way you did things. We don't want to be the first ones coming and be nice. So they really just were like, you know, what? yeah, we'll screw see you guys, right? yeah. I think that was their thing too. It wasn't like they really kind of were mutual going into it. So they're like, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna play nice with you. We're gonna kind of sit here and be, you know, be a little rocky with it. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they did at first. But right. now it's like, hey, are we gotta go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You let's know? see. It's it. like you know, you're, you're uh, enough playing around. You know, yeah, your papers do. You know, twelve o'clock. I mean, it's eleven fifty. So all right, that's plenty of time to you know maybe get done, get it done, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what they did. But you know, they wanted to show their disproof. You know disapprovement with them by kind of being like, okay, we just won't talk to you for a while. Sure. We weren't, we weren't happy with what was going on. So we want to change. Mm-hmm. So by, by showing that without saying a word to you is to not say a word to you. So, okay. but I think we're, I think they're going in the right direction by just setting a proposal and you know, there'll be, there'll be talks here soon. You know, I think it's just too important to, to do, you know, it just doesn't make any sense why they yeah, would. The game is growing and, and they need the game and they signed free agents and they already lost money. Right. New stadiums coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, Big plans to to mess around with that is just it's just boneheaded. But yeah. if there was anyone who's going to be boneheaded and do it, would be the guy they got, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so, for sure. But we'll see. That's that's our little bit of news there, baseball wise. You know, uh, with the actual league. Um, yeah, I know we said coming into this episode, hopeful that we had better news, but it's kind of well, the same. It's kind of the same, but there's something, right? Yeah, there's some something. gears turning some, something to, to some degree. On, yeah. yeah. Uh, football playoffs going on. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, college football ended. Georgia won. It's pretty cool there. Raiders made the playoffs and lost. Yeah. I haven't said much about them because I just don't want to call the ruckus. Mm-hmm. But they had a tough year, but they made the playoffs and they uh, played well in the playoffs. So sure. that's cool. Didn't get embarrassed. That's like pretty much every other team so far. We'll see what happens there. But obviously, it's uh, football's coming down to the real exciting parts, right? College football's over. Mm-hmm. Basketball, hockey are coming to their you know all star breaks pretty soon. Right. Which means they're starting to come down the stretch. Which means it's you know that light switch goes on and that sports got its thing right. And the light switch is almost turned on for baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like okay, we're about to turn the switch on and we're gonna show turn the switch on to an empty case right, right they're gonna right, fill right, it with right. something yeah it's gonna be that cba so we'll see what's gonna happen but i think we gotta we gotta have some answers here pretty soon i you know hopeful was mid beginning of mid-january i think the deadline is obviously you know right beginning of february it's like yeah. hey our guys are supposed to show up like tomorrow we need an answer yeah yeah, yeah. and the mm. players are gonna know that too like hey our job like hey don't we go to work this week yeah oh, we, we should make an answer right? yeah, let's yeah. actually come together and stop you know holding holding out here mm. so let's figure it out yeah. you know so we'll, we'll get there We'll get there slowly but surely, right? That's baseball's way, but yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. You never know. I, I mean, it's it's uh, it's frustrating as a fan. I'm sure it's frustrating for some of the players too. That are like, let's just can we just play baseball? Especially like, if you're a guy who just went to a new team. Mm-hmm. I like to go talk to the guys you might play with, right? Yeah, the yeah. Coaches and the organization. Yeah. Oh, this is what the inside the stadium looks like from mm-hmm. a home team, a home player, right? Yeah. Yeah, 
that'd be nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? When's my vacation going to end, right? Mm-hmm. I gotta go work out again, or not work out, but when am I going to have to go to spring training and stuff? I should probably know that, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, nice, it's, right? it's a weird time. It's a frustrating time. And, uh, you know, they'll come together and they'll figure it out. It's just the when is what's killing people. You know, the when. Like, when, why? Why are we just sitting here not negotiating and trying to figure this out? But, yeah. you know, it's all bargaining. You know, th- these guys are master uh, you know, negotiators so on both sides. They have uh, guys. So they'll figure it out hopefully sooner than later and we'll get baseball back. So, but I mean, other than that, there's nothing really else going on. Obviously there's, you know, they can't have really much going on some international signings and minor league signings, but it's nothing really worth running home and telling people about. So, um, so with that, I, I don't know if you really got any other notes or anything here. Um, no, other that's, than that. that's pretty much it. That's, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, you know, next week's the NL central, which is a really, really exciting episode. Mm-hmm. Or next episode, it's just about next week. But, mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting because those are some really, I mean, those are some of the oldest franchises in the game. Yeah, we have, actually have the oldest franchise in the game, right? Mm-hmm. The Reds and, and you get the Cardinals and, and Pittsburgh been around a long time. The Cubs, obviously, you know, they got their they've had their their share of, of Rockets. And you have the Brewers who've been, you know, I've been everywhere, man, kind of thing. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. Place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really exciting with some super super legends. Hmm. Not to be good. Yeah, absolutely. So that should be an exciting one. And then the NL West comes in with uh, more of a mixture like like the NL East. Yeah. Where it's almost like you got a little old, a little new, and somewhere in between. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, the NL Central will be good. There was a lot of uh, teams that we like out there, especially the Cardinals we like a lot. So so we'll see what that those lists are looking like. Um, and, and, you know, other than that, that's all I got. So I don't know if you got anything you want to wrap up with. or. No, that's pretty much it. Just uh, look forward to answers, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, again, I'll say it again. Hopefully, the next episode will have better news, but I'm sure it'll be something better. I just don't know what it'll be, so, or when it'll come. Yeah. Um, but with that, um, I guess let's just wrap this episode up. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaprie. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaprie. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.